Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is the fifth Sunday after the Epiphany, the wise men worshiping the infant Jesus. Our order of service begins in the bulletin. We're going to open right now with, I'll refer to the red book for hymns today, hymn 93, Hail to the Lord's Anointed. sinful. I have disobeyed you and justly deserve your punishment both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for the evil I have thought, spoken, and done. And for the sake of my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord, have mercy on me. 
searches the heart? Do you confess your sins of thought, word, and deed? Are you sorry for your sins? Do you look to our Savior, Jesus Christ, for forgiveness? And with the Holy Spirit's help, do you want to correct your sinful life? Then declare so by saying yes. Yes. Upon this confession, I, as a called servant of the word, announce to you God's grace and the forgiveness of sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. For this fifth Sunday after the Epiphany is from Job chapter 7 verses 1 to 7. In this section we hear Job expressing his helplessness at the trials and troubles that he was faced with at this time. Job said, does not man have hard service on earth? Are not his days like those of a hired man, like a slave longing for the evening shadows, or a hired man waiting eagerly for his wages? So I have been allotted months of futility, and nights of misery have been assigned to me. When I lie down, I think, how long before I get up? The night drags on, and I toss till dawn. My body is clothed with worms and scabs. My skin is broken and festering. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle, and they come to an end without hope. Remember, O God, that my life is but a breath. My eyes will never see happiness again. Kind of a downer reading, except at the end, he sees his hopelessness, helplessness, and he looks to the Lord. That's what we'll want to do too when we're faced with life's trials and troubles. Alleluia, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Alleluia. Alleluia. from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 16 to 23. We see in this reading the Apostle Paul, the humble apostle who said that while always following what God's word has to say, he always was looking to become all things to all men to somehow or other reach people with the gospel. Paul said, Yet when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast, for I am compelled to preach. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. If I preach voluntarily, I have a reward. If not voluntarily, I am simply discharging the trust committed to me. What then is my reward? Just this, that in preaching the gospel, I may offer it free of charge, and so not make use of my rights in preaching it. Though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone, to win as many as possible. To the Jews I became like a Jew, to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law. 
though I myself am not, on, not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all men, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. We'll sing our next hymn, hymn 491, O Master of the Loving Heart. So I can preach there also. 
That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow Christians who have been found by our Lord, what are people looking for in this life? What are you looking for? for in this life. People are generally, we could say, looking for true lasting happiness, the perfect fairy tale ending for everything to, to, so that they can live happily ever after. Oh, for me to have the Green Bay Packers win absolutely every Super Bowl from now on in, that would kind of be what, one thing I'm looking for. And for some of you, well, just to have the Lions get to the Super Bowl once would be living happily ever after. But to live happily ever after, what some people do is they go after earthly wealth as if money could buy real happiness. But wealth only gives momentary joy. You know the saying, you can't take it with you. Sometimes what people do is instead of going after wealth, maybe a similar thing, but they go after earthly success. They go after success. To be on the top of their trade or possession or profession, some follow the theory, well, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. That philosophy, and they think that that's going to help them to live happily ever after, to have true, lasting happiness. But things like wealth or success or eat, drink, and be merry, they can only maybe give a person temporary joy, temporary happiness. But our reading for today gets us to think about true lasting happiness. And by God's grace, we know that true lasting happiness can only come from one source, through faith in Jesus our Savior. There's true lasting happiness. So what we can do today is we can join the disciples in our reading when they said, Jesus, everyone is looking for you. And see now, everyone is looking for the true lasting happiness that only Jesus can provide. However, most people are looking in the wrong places like earthly wealth or success or in the eat, drink, and be merry philosophy. Let's thank our God that what he's done is he's pointed us to Jesus, our Savior, He's pointed us in the right direction and caused us to believe in Jesus who does offer true lasting happiness, the perfect fairy tale ending to live happily ever after, to live forever in heaven with our Savior. But like I said, really, everyone is looking for what Jesus has to offer, whether he knows it or not. In our reading, 
We see that Jesus is the one that everyone is looking for because he has power over sickness, he has power over Satan, and he has power over sin. Earlier on the Sabbath day of our reading, what Jesus had done is he had preached in the Jewish synagogue. We heard about that last week in our sermon text in our reading or we heard about that in our gospel reading last week. And in that gospel reading, we heard about how Jesus preached with authority and how he also with authority cast out an evil spirit. And he performed other miracles like that, healing people who were sick. But now after the service that day, what Jesus did is he went with James and John to the home of two other disciples, Simon Peter and Andrew. And Simon Peter and Andrew, they probably had invited Jesus after they had heard him in the synagogue, asked him to come to their home to spend some time with the family, to, to teach them more about the promises of God, to teach more about what Jesus had taught at the synagogue. And now see, there's an important lesson for us to learn as we look at what those disciples did that day. They took Jesus home with them. And when we go to church, it's important for us when we return home that we take Jesus home with us as well. Because we need Christ and his word we need Christ and our Christianity, not with us just on a Sunday morning, but we need him always in our lives, throughout the week. Remember the old saying that goes, seven days without the Savior makes one week, W-E-A-K, play on words, but with the Lord, with the Lord in our lives, as the Apostle Paul says, we can say too, I can do all things through God who gives me strength. Most of us probably think of the disciples as having been single men, and well, some of them may have remained single, but Peter definitely was a married man. He probably had children, our text tells us that Peter had a, a mother-in-law, so he must have had a wife too, of course, huh? But this mother-in-law, it says that she had a very high fever. And the disciples here, they show us their faith in Jesus because Mark tells us they told Jesus about her. Something simply stated, but like those disciples, whenever we have problems, whenever we know someone who is having difficulties, it's important for us to tell Jesus about that situation. James says, you do not have because you do not ask God. Think about that. Our Lord encourages us, call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me. After the disciples told Jesus about Peter's mother-in-law that she was very sick, Jesus went to her 
took her hand and helped her up, and he healed her just like that. Just like that, she was healed. And now maybe you can think of times when you were when you were sick or maybe you got COVID or something like that and you were down in bed and you were just wiped out for a long time and even after you got better, it took a while for you to regain your strength. Well, that wasn't the case for Peter's mother-in-law that day. She was healed immediately and she had the strength so that she was able to get up and serve not only the disciples and Jesus, but also their guests as well. Her healing was absolutely complete, and she was eager to show her thankfulness to the Lord, the one who had healed her. Through this miracle, Jesus shows us that he does definitely have power over sickness the sicknesses which may afflict us in this life. Oh, when a person goes into remission after having cancer, or when a terminally ill person does get better, or when a person successfully su survives a risky surgery, does that happen because those people had had good doctors and nurses and aides or because of God. Now, I'm not saying, of course, that we shouldn't seek to have good doctors and nurses and aides who are taking care of us when we're sick or when we're having surgery. Surely we'd want to do that. And surely we'd want to thank the doctors, the nurses, and the aides who did so much for us. But We'll always want to thank God more. We'll want to thank God more because he's the one who truly does have power over sickness. sickness. Doctors, nurses, and aides, well, they can do their work, but God's the one who has control, the power over sickness. And he will heal us from all our diseases. King David said, praise the Lord who heals all your diseases. And, and you may think that that isn't true because all people, including believers, ultimately end up dying unless the Lord would take us home to heaven first. If he'd come before, we would have the time of our death. But we've all had faced illnesses from which we've recovered and ultimately, it's God that enabled us to recover. And when our Lord takes us to heaven, then all of the sickness that we may have endured during this life will be gone forever. That's what our loved ones are enjoying right now in heaven if they were believers in the promise of God. They're enjoying complete freedom from all sickness, all pain. And that's what we too are going to enjoy when we're in heaven. Imagine what it's going to be like not having to fear any illness like COVID, never having, never having a cold or allergies or sniffles to worry about ever again. Well, news concerning this miracle, healing Peter's mother-in-law, well, and also casting out the demon earlier in the day, 
And while well, Jesus preaching as well, news about all of those things spread very fast around the area. So that when evening came, when the Sabbath day was over, that would have been at 6 p.m. At, at night, it says that people from all over the area, the whole town came out to see Jesus. And what Jesus did is he not only healed those people who were dealing with what we call regular illnesses, but he also performed exorcisms, casting out evil spirits out of those who were demon-possessed. And, well, he not only showed power over sickness, he also showed us his power over Satan and his evil angels. Oh, when you think about this, we can, we can speculate on the frequency of demon possession in our day. And, well, maybe we'd ask, could, could some of the illnesses that we look at today as being purely medical or emotional problems, could they actually find demon possession and, and behind, behind them? Our reading does allow for that possibility. Yet the reading doesn't leave us Christians cowering at the, in fear of Satan and what he could do to us. Every reason that we have to be afraid of Satan really is removed because Jesus proves his superiority over Satan. And he showed his superiority back then, casting out the demon in the morning and then healing Peter's mother-in-law like that. He showed his power over demons. The sad thing is, is that we live in a world where people sometimes have this preoccupation with the ideas of demons and their power. And, well, the fact of the matter is Jesus defeat showed his power over demons that day, and ultimately he showed his power over demons a couple years later when he went to the cross and suffered and died and thoroughly defeated the devil. Thoroughly defeated the devil, crushed the serpent's head when he went to the cross. But now I said that sometimes people have a fascination with, the, with Satan and with the power of Satan. And that can be so dangerous for us because Satan definitely is a very, very powerful force. God, of course, is stronger, but Satan, powerful. And Peter says, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So let's watch out for Satan and see that he is this well, dangerous force that Jesus beat, of course, but this dangerous force that we want to watch out for because he'll actually try to convince us at times that he wants to help us but he's always looking only to pull us down and only to hurt or to harm us. And he's always looking for those times when we might be most vulnerable to his attacks. Well, may our Lord and Savior 
who has complete power over Satan, help us to stay as far away from Satan as we possibly can. Mark tells us, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. When the Bible tells me how much the Son of God prayed to his heavenly Father, it makes me kind of think about how my prayer life might be a little bit or a lot lacking. Since Jesus is God, we might think that it really isn't even all that necessary for him to be going to God and praying to God the Father, but he prayed regularly. And when you look at the scriptures, it tells us that oftentimes he spent hours and even entire nights in prayers. And, well, that's Jesus. He needed to pray. And we sinners are the ones who really need to pray. But how often do we maybe forget to pray or maybe pray kind of nonchalantly or maybe don't spend a whole lot of time in prayer or just spend a couple of minutes in prayer with our God? Well, as I said, God's son, he really needed to pray. And we really need to pray even more. Well, Jesus, he was gone for a really long time because it tells us in our reading that his disciples went out looking for him and when they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. And when they spoke those words, they couldn't really have recognized the full implications of what they were saying. They meant that people wanted to listen to Jesus and have him perform miracles perhaps heal them of diseases, cast out demons from family, friends. But we can hear those words of Jesus, of the disciples rather, and realize that everyone, whether he believes in Jesus or not, is ultimately really looking for Jesus. And now what I mean by that is again, People are looking for true lasting happiness, for the perfect fairy tale ending, to live happily ever after. But that perfect fairy tale ending is only in Jesus. So that's why I can say, even though people aren't looking for Jesus, well, really, everyone is looking for Jesus. Everyone is looking for what he has because he has complete power over sickness and over Satan and over sin. And because of his complete power over Satan's sin and sickness, that means that he can give us eternal life in heaven and that perfect happy ending. Jesus responded to those disciples and they're saying everyone is looking to you by saying let's go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also that is why I have come Jesus was saying that it was the time for him to move on and 
Apparently that's because the people were maybe getting a little bit more fascinated with the miracles and what Jesus really came first and foremost to do was to preach the gospel and, well, ultimately, of course, to go to the cross and suffer and die. But Jesus needed to preach the gospel, to proclaim that he had the power over sin that he'd ultimately show when he went to the cross so that he could win for us eternal salvation. He wanted to get that message out. Oh, imagine for a second that you had just purchased a brand new car. But after you got it, you had some questions about oh, how the car worked, about that new computer system that was in the car. So you contacted the car dealership with your questions. And then just after you hang up asking to get some information, what happens is that there's a knock on your front door and there's the CEO company of the automaker there to talk to you about your new car. You'd never expect something like that to happen in a million years, but actually, isn't that just what we believers can expect from our Savior? He's always there for us. And, well, everyone is looking for Jesus, for the perfect fairy tale ending, for peace, joy, forgiveness, hope, his always present help and support that only he can give. People are looking for that even if they don't really realize it. But you know, by God's grace, all of those blessings from our Savior, we have all of those blessings from our Savior and so much more because he found us. And through the Holy Spirit, he's called us to faith and included us in his believing family. How blessed we are. Everyone ultimately, even though they would say, no, I'm not looking for Jesus, everyone ultimately is looking for what he has to offer, that perfect, happy ending, true, lasting happiness. By God's grace, through the work of the Holy Spirit, we found, we found our true, lasting happiness in Jesus. We have what everyone is really looking for. How blessed we are. Amen. Let's confess our faith using the Christmas Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty who sent his Son to be my Savior. And I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, my Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, announced by the angels, worshipped by the shepherds, adored by the wise men who lived to suffer, die, and rise again, to free me from all sin, from death, and from the power of the devil. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, who brought me to faith in my Savior, and by whose continuous work in my heart, I rejoice in my salvation, show forth his praises, 
and will one day live and reign with him in all eternity. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, you sent your one and only Son as the word of life for our eyes to see and our ears to hear. Help us believe what the scriptures proclaim about him and do the things that are pleasing in your sight. We pray through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And Lord God, our Heavenly Father, how thankful, how blessed we are because in your grace and mercy you brought us into your believing family. You've given us what Ultimately, everybody really is looking for that true happy ending, the perfect fairy tale ending, living happily ever after. Only through faith do we know that that's in Jesus himself and in eternal life in heaven. Thank you for revealing that to us, for bringing us into your believing family and assuring us that we will ultimately have that true lasting happiness. Please, as we think of those in our, in our Calvary family and beyond with different aches and pains and problems and troubles, we ask you, Lord, to, to give them healing, if that's your will. We think of Tony Alfaro, who on Friday evening ended up hospitalized with pancreatitis. We Think about Diane Kennedy dealing with back issues, having an MRI on Saturday night, and you know, we continue to keep Paula in our prayers with her leg and heart issues, and, and well, Julene Anderson now, who's moved into memory care at Island, Island City. Lord God, we please ask you to keep them and all of the people on our prayer list in your loving care. But what a wonderful thing it is for us to always know that even as we face life's trials and troubles in this life, we always have the perfect happy ending in Jesus, our Savior. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. And we gather up all of the prayers as we join in praying. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Let's join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home, sweet home. God bless America, 
again, I say thank you for joining me for worship today. Just a couple announcements to share with you in the congregation. Tuesday, Monday is Rick Hazy's birthday. Tuesday, Chase Patterson, Lindsay Weaker. Thursday, Tammy Richards. Saturday, Mary Cole. Thursday this week, we have our church council meeting. And next Wednesday, a week from Wednesday, February the 14th, that's Ash Wednesday. We'll have our communion service here at 6.30 with a soup supper beforehand at 5.30. I told you in our prayers about Tony Alfaro. His health is, he's been struggling and he's learned that he has pancreatitis. At least that's what I've been informed of just a little bit ago. And hopefully they can treat that and he can regain some of his, his strength. But please keep him and all those in our prayer list in your thoughts and prayers. Again, thank you for joining me for worship today. The Lord bless and keep you always.